Anonymous ASMR Hour. I'm your host as always, Cody, Slapping Lips Cannon. And joining me as usual, uh, Jose. Hey, Cody. Hello. Uh, what, are, what are we doing here? What's this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, drink some water. I thought I should oh. open the show. Doing a little ASMR. Uh, very cool, chill, laid back kind of vibe, right? Yeah, yeah. Is this ASMR? Yeah. Tapping on that microphone. Those sweet sounds go into your ear holes as you try to relax. All that yeah. softy. Soft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nature. So, uh, we got a few things to do today. <laughs> as as we promised last week, we do have a phase two established for the Nick yes. Jr. Cinematic Universe. You can go back to listen to our first ever episode, which is still the most listened to episode, to hear the first phase, or our different picks. We actually got uh, one cohesive list where a listener of the show, Audra, went and chose between our picks for each character in the first phase and made a um, definitive list of the cast. And uh, our stipulations for phase two were not to repeat anyone from that and not to repeat anyone in our own list for phase two. So, uh, like Danny DeVito is a character in the first phase, we can't cast him again, which screwed up my Oswald casting, but, um, uh, and that's going to be the, the main event here for this episode of Soft Boys Anonymous. Uh, but first we will be talking about some Oscars, the nominations came out Monday morning, uh, our thoughts on all that. I have like a full list of snubs here I can go through. There was also a Morbius trailer that they decided to drop on the same day for some reason. Uh, so, what do you want to do first? Uh, let's, uh, why don't we start with the, uh, the less drastic news of the three. I feel like, uh, Billie Eilish being the choice for the new James Bond, uh, movie is, like, the least of our worries. But first... But I think you're more of a James Bond fan than I am. We've uh, we've had this this discussion earlier. Um, you you did not you do not support this, Billy. Yeah, Irish no, I do being not. The, uh, yeah, but then you also said it could be it could be better or it could be worse than Sam Smith's uh, song yeah. for James Bond. I, I hope it's better because that one was atrocious. But but. To counteract that, you said Madonna as well. That yeah, Madonna Madonna had, had the worst one ever for Die Another Day. That song is truly garbage. That is truly the worst thing I've ever heard. 
Uh, so Billy Eilish, uh, like I, Eilish, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of her. Like, I don't, I don't think she's bad, but like I don't really think she's anything great either. I mean, I guess maybe she's just not my taste, and I don't see how she blends in James Bond. Uh, I don't know, and to be honest, uh, it doesn't seem like a right fit because from what I've seen from her work, it doesn't feel like oh. Oh, we should get her for James Bond. You know, hers is very, her style is more of the angsty type. Yeah, angsty, a little bit digital. Not, not completely, but auto tune. It just sounds like they're trying to get a hit song out of it. I think they're trying to get. I think they're trying to uh, attract Billie Eilish fans to go see this movie. I don't know if it's going to attract their her fans to it. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, which I, is why, I, yeah. I mean, oh, sorry, but I was gonna say that, which is why it's, it's like the least uh, drastic news in the uh, movie side, the movie business. Because I mean, we're not really. Yeah, I'm the only one who cares, really. I uh, I will say though is that I've read an interview of her. She said that they're taking their time with this, uh, with their with this. Uh, um, for this song, for James Bond, they're taking their time. They want to make it right. Well, as this long way. as you spend more than 20 minutes like Sam Smith did. But then, <laughs> hey, he won an Oscar for it. I don't know how, but he did. Didn't Adele win Oscar for Skyfall? Yeah, she did. And that song like was she, great, though. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe, hey, maybe, uh, maybe this song from Billie Eilish will get an Oscar nom, too. I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, the sky's the limit, you know. I just feel the James Bond songs are probably going to get nominated regardless. Regardless. Yeah. yeah. Regardless. Uh, oh, by the way, um, I don't want to be a downer, but uh, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's father passed away today. Oh, Soul Man Rocky Johnson? No. Oh. Yeah, he- yeah, he passed. Damn. He, uh, he uh, died today. And R.I.P. to uh, the great Rocky Johnson, WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, also, yeah. one half of the first, or at least the first officially recognized black tag team champions ever with Tony Atlas. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. mm-hmm. in the uh, seven. Sometime in the seventies, I don't remember when. And this was, and this was uh, during his uh, announcement that. NBC, I think, or or uh, CBS, they're producing uh, uh, a series about Dwayne Johnson's life as a kid. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you know maybe they'll do some kind of special tribute for this show that's coming up probably next year. But anyway, I just wanted to I just wanted to do a quick uh, news report on that. Um, moving on to uh, the next piece of news, as you and I, you and I. We are Marvel fans, right? Yeah. We have a lot of opinions on Marvel. We have very different opinions on how Sony is treating their Marvel universe. Right. You don't like it. I kind of like it. And uh, kind of. Oh, kind of. I think think if someone uh, accused you of being a Sony shill, I don't know if you could say he's wrong. (laughs) But anyway... um, 
Sony decided to release the trailer for Morbius, The Living Vampire. It is the second film in the so-called Sony Spider-Man Marvel Universe. This is Sony trying to uh, build a universe based on Spider-Man's iconic uh, villains slash anti-heroes. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to build their own universe in the hopes that Tom Holland's Spider-Man, once his contract ends with the MCU, that they'll have him in this universe, this established universe. But, but what we didn't know was when Sony released the trailer for Morbius, two things happened within that trailer. The first thing that happened is, if anyone saw the trailer, you'll notice that there's a screen cap of Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man uh, on a brick wall, and across it is a, a graffiti that says "murder." So, so uh, it's like, okay, you're acknowledging Spider-Man's there, but Sony, you're lazy to put Tom Holland's Spider-Man costume. You just grab the screen cap and just place it there. Like, yeah, and it's not even a movie screen cap of the Tobey Maguire suit. It's a screen cap from the Spider-Man PlayStation 4 video game where the Tobey Maguire <laughs> suit is uh, a, a di- like um, an alternate character skin that you can put on him because there's all these different Spider-Man suits you can put on Spider-Man and use in the game. And it's like they didn't even bother to take like a screenshot from one of their three movies they had with them. No, they, they just, just, they just they just grabbed like the first thing they saw, which was from the video game, and like this that that was like the one image that leaked. Well, one of two images that leaked before the trailer dropped, and everyone was already making fun of it. Yeah, and um, here's what I think will happen. Uh, obviously, they just plastered that there to grab your attention. When the final product comes to theaters, they will they will update it to the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Hopefully. Hopefully. If they don't, then I'm going to be laughing hard. That's going to be very that's funny. Just, that's just, like, come on, Sony. Like, come on. But anyway, and then, and then to top it all off, at the end of the trailer, you hear familiar voice, and it comes. Cuts to Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton's Adrian Toomes, or as everyone knows him as the Vulture from Homecoming. So, so yeah, they're they're trying Sony to connect it. You, yeah. So yeah, so uh, forget about Venom. Apparently, Morbius is connected to the MCU. So. Or at least this is their first attempt to connect the MCU to the Sony universe. And right. everyone on Twitter, everyone on social media, they're freaking the hell out. But yeah. they're also confused. And you and I, we talked about this. So what are your thoughts about that? I freaked out. I was I was then both like confused and concerned. Well, first, I'll just talk about the quality of the trailer. Um, I thought it was fine. Like, I was surprised that it wasn't bad. Because I was expecting, right. like, a total piece of shit trailer in line with <laughs> some of the Venom trailers. But I was like, okay, well, it hasn't gotten bad yet. Okay, it's not, not too bad. But, like, it also wasn't, like, amazing. It didn't, like, make me go, oh, shit, they're actually going to make a good Morbius movie. I was like, 
Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Uh, I'll I'll wait till another trailer, see if I think anything better of it. But um, and then, so I'm just thinking, oh, okay, this trailer's not that bad. Okay, Morbius looks fine when they put the, you know, the when he goes full vampire. Okay, yeah. and oh shit, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Now Corey Coleman uh, from Double Toasted. Uh, he was not happy about most of this trailer. Uh, one, he just no, he, he just thought it looked really bland, which I I can agree with, or just like generic, because we've seen various similar origin stories to that and um, to just like superheroes and villains and all that stuff. We've had those kind of similar origin stories. He also took the Michael Keaton thing at the end of the trailer as Sony just trying to, I guess, ride Marvel's coattails, which, I mean, they've, right. they've kind of been doing since the beginning of this deal. I mean, well, let's get this out of the way. I don't think this movie is going to do well critically. Yeah, probably not. But it will make bank. I don't, I don't know if it'll make bank. I can't say that yet. Now, I can see that they're trying to lure everyone in with Vulture at the end of the trailer. Like, oh, look, look, MCU. We're actually in the MCU this time. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, and Sony has no choice but to commit. Yeah, I think there's also... there. I, I see Corey's point of them being kind of both arrogant and lazy with all this, which I guess was... I mean, like, the reason they gave Spider-Man to... Marvel to use in their movies was just so, you know, they could, Marvel could do the work for them and save their franchise, and then they'll take Spider-Man back and make all the money. Right. Which, I mean, even now they're still proving that they should not have the rights to any of these characters. Because you know (laughs) they're just trying to set up Sinister Six again. I was just going to tell, I was just going to say that. Even with, I mean, that's what they were trying to do with the Amazing Spider-Man movies. It set up a universe of its own, and Made in Spider-Man 2 had so much set up for, like, Sinister Six, and they were planning to do all these other movies, like, a, what was it, Black Cat and Silver Sable. The only one that ended up getting off the ground was Venom, and now Morbius. I just realized something. Sony has this strange, this, not necessarily strange, but I'm trying to figure out the right words for this, but they have this, this lust to to uh, bring everyone the Sinister Six movie. Yeah. They did it they they had this obsession with Sinister Six. I mean, like for example, like in Spider Man three, they, they try to cramp three villains into that movie and look what happened to that. Right. Um Amazing Spider Man two did the same thing. Crammed three villains, even well, two and a half considering Rhino was only in there for Less than five minutes. Yeah, and then all this set up for other villains. Yeah, and that led to nowhere. And so now Sony, they they just they did with Venom, right? They're doing Venom now, yeah, obviously. And now they're doing Morbius, and then they showed you Vulture at the end. So now they're everyone's thinking, okay, so Venom two, it's Venom two will probably end up with Tom Hardy either meeting Holland's Spider-Man or Peter Parker 
if Tom Hardy is going to meet with Morbius and or Vulture at the end of the movie. I mean, they're probably as surprised as everyone else that Venom actually succeeded. Because, right. like, everyone thought Venom was going to be a flop. And it ended up actually making decent amount of money. So I, I guess they're they're they've gained more confidence thanks to that and then from everyone loving into the Spider-Verse, which, which is probably why they had their big britches about Spider-Man last summer. And now I guess they're really confident with this Morbius movie. So they're like, oh, we're going to connect to CMCU. They got Michael Keaton somehow. I wonder how Kevin Feige reacted to that, to the trailer. They're like, oh my god. It's coming to theaters this July. Then in the fall, we'll get Venom 2. So already right. two Sony... Yeah, so already two uh, Sony Spider-Man Universe films will be released this year. Yeah. So what I think is going to happen is uh, the next movie will probably be another... Uh, 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 another uh, solo movie from a different character, probably Craven the Hunter, for example. They're gonna try their best to do a Sinister Six movie. That's 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 Sony's endgame right there. That's gonna be their. No offense to Avengers, but that's gonna be their Avengers. Yeah, and it's interesting that this uh, the studio is so set on doing the, their own cinematic universe that they're willing to try it twice, whereas. With everyone else that failed, after they failed the first time, they got the hint and moved on. Like your Dark Universe, uh, DC Extended Universe. Uh, The the Transformers (laughs) one didn't even get off the ground. But uh, let's just hope that... Oh, oh. oh. (laughs) And what's funny is that... um, Okay, this will be the wrap-up of this conversation, but um, what what would be funny is... um, the Spider-Man solo film with Tom Holland, they're obviously, they're critically praised because it was under uh, the MCU's control, but with the the Sony universe, those movies are critically, you know, hated or despised. They suck. (laughs) Yeah, so so, so I'm thinking, okay, so once Tom Holland's uh, 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 contract ends with the MCU, his Spider-Man films are probably going to be bad from here on out. Probably. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's all I have to say about the Morbius trailer. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man 4, his first one back with Sony, now written by Simon Kinberg. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, d- directed by Josh Trank. Oh. Or who else is a sucky uh, uh superhero director um mark steven johnson is that... I, I was thinking of brett ratner but <laughs> no one's gonna bring him back for anything <laughs> nope so long rush hour four. Oh, that that's not gonna happen anyways i would love to see that happen though yeah but yeah I, I love the rush hour movies and, and you're like oh brett ratner but like anyone probably could have directed those movies and they still would have been as good True. So, true. You know. Uh, uh, speaking of um, um, awards. Uh, were we talking about are... awards? You just no, we weren't. I was just. 
Yeah. Um, Oscar noms uh, just came in right on the day of the Morbius trailer. And man, I am so surprised. Not surprised by the awards. I mean, by the nominations. But I was surprised at um, a lot of snubs. The Oscars don't necessarily surprise me anymore. The, one of the biggest snubs for me was uh, for Best Actor. Uh, Adam Sandler, he did not get nominated for Uncut Gems, which is a travesty. But apparently, Adam Sandler went on record saying that if he did not get nominated for Best Actor for this year's Oscars, he is going to purposely make a terrible movie. Which means Jack and Jill too, boys. Jack and Jill 2. Grown Ups 3. Eight crazy eight crazier nights. Eight crazier nights. Nine crazy nights. Nine crazy nights. Uh, 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 Joe Dirt 3. Oh, wait, that's David Spade. Never mind. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, um, I can't believe uh, Joker has the lead for most Oscars. 11 yeah, Oscars. 11. Uh, one problem I'm seeing with all these nominations is that it's the same couple movies nominated for everything. Uh, like there were two or three of them that got ten nominations. There, there are plenty that have gotten like most of the categories here. So it's it's a little. It it tells you the Academy only really watched like a couple movies this year. Okay, I, I'll just go through like every category except for the the shorts because I don't I don't know anything about those. Yeah, uh, let me pull up the uh, the Oscar nominations and I'll. Uh... Follow. So we'll just right, go. we'll just go through those. Um, maybe say who we'd replace and uh, the snubs we'd replace them with. I'll just start with the supporting actor here. We got Tom Hanks for playing Fred Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anthony Hopkins for the Two Popes. Al Pacino for The Irishman. Joe Pesci for The Irishman. And Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, there, there are at least two I'd probably take out, if not three. Uh, let me guess, Joe Pesci. Maybe, maybe Joe Pesci. I don't. I would definitely take out Anthony Hopkins. I haven't seen the two popes yet, so I could be wrong. But I just, from what I'm hearing from everyone else who has seen the movie, it doesn't seem like. It seems like the movie's fine, but no one really needed to get nominated for it. He's probably out for me. Tom Hanks, honestly, because I hear he's good Tom as Hanks. I hear he's good as Mister Rogers, but like the rest of the movie, I hear is just fine at best. The movie's barely even about him, and you notice like the movie's not nominated for anything else, which I think is telling. So like, I don't know. I just feel like you could probably do without him. If I had to get rid of Joe Pesci, maybe I love his performance in that movie, but I get if if I had to pick one from the Irishman, I would pick Al Pacino to stay there. Yeah, Al Pacino definitely. So, I guess who I would put in instead, uh, Bong Joon Ho from Parasite. Hearing a lot of good things about him in that movie, and he he's a he's a tremendous actor that I've seen in other movies, like uh, Bong Joon Ho. Yeah. No, no, no. Sung Kanko is who I'm thinking of. Yes. And he's a great actor that's been in a lot of things. Also directed by Bong Joon-ho. Uh, the Host, Memories of Murder, uh, Snowpiercer he was in. 
I've seen a bunch of other of his movies. Um, JSA Joint Security Area, Shiri, which was like the first big Korean blockbuster. I'd probably say he's like the Korean Tom Hanks, to where he's it's, just like so delightful and you love him and everything. Right. No matter like who he ends up playing, he's a very he has very likable characters. He's just, he's a good actor that can play just about anybody. I mean, there's one movie, The Good, The Bad, The Weird, where he kind of had, like, elements of Jackie Chan, just in, like, his facial acting during action scenes. But, uh-huh. yeah, I, I'd put him over at least, like, two of these choices. And So, him, I heard a lot of great things about Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse, so I maybe put him in. I actually watched it a uh, uh, before we did the before we started this episode, I actually finished uh, uh, the lighthouse. Okay, and uh, and uh, yes, it's definitely an art house type film. I was left confused after watching it, but Willem Dafoe should have gotten the nomination. Yeah. So if anything, take Anthony Hopkins out, put Willem Dafoe in, and I mean, I have some other people who could be maybe nominated. Um. Like Wesley Snipes for uh, Dolomite is my name. He's fantastic in that movie. Yeah, Dolomite Uh, got fucked over. I heard I I heard some good things about like if if you had to include somebody from Knives Out, maybe like Chris Evans. Yeah, mainly mainly Hanks and Hopkins. I would get rid of. But if you had to also get rid of Pesci, I could do that too. I guess. Right. The next one I have listed here is original score. Um, Let me go to I, okay. I don't have like too many ideas of what you could replace it with because I, I guess I haven't paid as much attention as I should with it. But uh, what's nominated is Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Rise of Skywalker. Now, the only other one, like my only snub I could think of was Avengers Endgame because Sylvester does an amazing job on that movie. He also did for Infinity War. So either one of those movies I thought should have gotten him a nomination. And uh, if, I mean, if I had to choose between Rise of Skywalker's score and Endgames, I'd pick Endgames. 100%. Because, like, Williams' scores for the newer Star Wars movies have been fine. But, like, I wouldn't give them Oscars. I feel like every time a Star Wars movie comes out, John Williams, it's it's almost mandatory for the Oscars to nominate John Williams for Star Wars. See, I don't think he got nominated for the other two. Maybe Force oh, Awakens. I, I feel like uh, there was at least one of them. I feel like he didn't. But I, I haven't heard the scores for these other movies besides Joker, of course. So I can't really tell. Like, if you're going with my pick, I would say Joker. I would uh, probably pick Joker as well. Yeah, out of these. Yeah, but uh, I think I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to uh, see 1917 this weekend, along with uh, Bad Boys Three. Okay. But uh, but uh, 1917, I will definitely try to uh, take a seat, take a look at what's so special about this movie. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna uh, power through Marriage Story. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah. But other than that, with these nominees here, Joker's got to be my pick. Not because it's Joker, but because we haven't seen these other movies. So. Yeah, I mean, you can you can listen to the score online. But, yeah. Um, Joker's Joker's score is just really good. That's just why I said that. Uh, what's next? Uh, uh, sound editing and sound mixing. Now, I don't. 
I always forget what the the Academy considers the difference between editing and mixing. Because uh-huh. both of them seem like post-production sound. Right. For what they're talking about. Uh, I want to say editing is like all the sound effects and how that's put in. And mixing is like, I guess, mixing the levels of everything together. <laughs> yep. I don't, I don't know if that's exactly right. It probably isn't. I feel like the Academy usually isn't made clear on it. I know it's just like the sound people that vote on this stuff. I mean, I actually had an instructor in college that I also did an internship with. I'm pretty sure he still votes for the Academy. I know he still gets screeners every year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, so he he works out of his house, and I went over there, and he has, like, tons of screeners, like, everywhere from, like, years ago. And there was, like, a couch over there where he had, this was 2018, so he had, like, um, there was, like, hostiles just sitting there on his couch. The uh, the Christian Bale, Rosamund Pike Western movie. Yes. I, I think movie. I think that's still on Netflix. Anyways, the sound editing. Now, th- this is like the one year. I noticed in like recent years, they would just nominate the same stuff for both categories, like the same exact movies. Uh, this year, the only difference is one has Ad Astra and the other one has Star Wars. So editing has Ford versus Ferrari. Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. The other one, sound mixing, you just replace Star Wars with Ad Astra. And there you go. So, um, yeah. I was like, snubs? I don't really know. Cause I don't know if I've seen you... enough that really has stuck out to me in sound. Or maybe right. I have to watch some more again to like pay more attention to that. The only ones I could think of, like, off the top of my head that I thought could maybe be nominated instead were uh, Endgame and Rocketman. Yeah, I was, uh, I, was, uh, um, I was shocked that Endgame only got one Oscar nomination, right. and that was for Best Visual Effects. Uh-huh. Didn't, uh, didn't uh, Infinity War get nominated more than that? I don't I know. I feel like it did. I think it did. Probably for something else. I don't remember what. Yeah, but the uh, point is that um, say what you will about uh, Endgame. Like, yes, it's mainstream or whatever, but it deserves more than just one. Yeah, just like the big achievement of that movie. Now it's the highest oh. grossing movie ever. Oh, by the way, uh, yes, Infinity Infinity War was only nominated one Oscar, and that right. was for visual effects. Yeah. Which I thought so, that, I mean, was, that was also a snub for score and maybe even sound, yeah. Uh yeah, um, is I, it a screenplay? Does that count? I was just I mean, thinking that um, how Bohemian Rhapsody, like the logic yeah. of nominating that movie for the sound category. So like, just off <laughs> that logic, editing. you would think they would for Rocket Man as well. Right. But, you know, oh, what what would win either one of those? I don't I don't really know how the Academy, what oh, their my. thought process is with either one of those categories. Still, that, that's like the puzzling thing for me i think uh if we were to predict for sound editing for this year's oscars um i'm willing to put money down that maybe 1917 will win yeah that's that's a good pick for either one of those and also maybe four versus ferrari right for all the sounds you have to do for all the racing and everything i've watched a clip for uh ford versus ferrari and uh and uh yeah the sounds were were 
amazing. Uh, yeah. Every I, little I, detail was incredible. Yeah, I'm guessing one gets one of them and then the other gets the other. Which one? I don't really know because I don't know how I they. Don't really... I don't know how these how what their thought process is and nominating them or what their thought process is and voting for each one. And not only that, but uh, like like we said before, we haven't seen these films, unfortunately. Yeah, some of, yeah, a lot of them I haven't really been able to see, just from like the area I'm in right now. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Uh, costume. Let me uh, go to that. Okay. Costume. Uh, so, Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, basically... Who got the best period clothes? <laughs> Who got I, I, period I know clothes. costume designers do way more than that. But like any snubs, uh, Dolomite is my name. All those colorful suits. Bombastic colors, yeah. Yeah, and like all the pimp stuff that Dolomite's wearing and Star Wars. You know, they always have great costuming in all their movies. Now, if, if like any of the newer movies would have gotten nominated, it probably would have been either of the other two before this because you you i guess you could argue that like a sequel especially for like this trilogy borrows a lot of costumes from say like force awakens but also there are plenty of new, other new costumes for characters too and all the newer characters so like i mean i always think star wars is really good and elaborate with that stuff regardless of whether or not you like rise of skywalker i'm not gonna you know say on either side for that but uh i don't know maybe shazam probably not but that i don't know i was kind of just guessing for, here maybe like knives out for best costume right yeah knives yeah. out like that sweater bro that chris <laughs> evans sweater yeah yeah so um but uh as in as in for best costume design um yeah like i don't i don't know who i would replace with dolomite mm. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough yeah. one. But I feel like these. What's you? What's uh, what I love about these picks is that they're all period pieces. Yeah, like these, these choices are, are fine too. Yeah, these choices are fine. Yeah. Hmm. In terms of picking out, picking who would win who or would who win, should I don't, win, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Joker, because I I love Arthur Flex suits in there. Yeah, I I enjoyed that, but. Yeah. I wouldn't pick the Irishman because the Irishman yeah. that's like every Martin Scorsese like, movie has that. Yeah, the it's just like basic movie. gangster suits. Yeah, basic gangster or political suit. I yeah. mean, so I guess if I had to replace one, it'd be that movie. But I, didn't, I also didn't want to shit on the movie. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick, uh, I would pick either uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, that's I a good choice costumes. too. Yeah, or Little Women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Little Women. It got snubbed for Best Director, but we'll get to yeah, that later. Some other stuff. Um, supporting Actress. We got Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Story. She is the one who won the Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scar Jo, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Now I've. Okay, I've seen none of these. <laughs> so I'm going off hearsay at this point. Um, I'd probably take out Margot Robbie. You you take out Margot Robbie? Yeah, because yeah. I, I see some, uh, my snubs are just from like, 
Okay, two of these are from Hearsay, but one of them that no one else really talks about. For me, this is this is like the one snub I will say the Joker got, <laughs> which is uh, Francis Conroy. Yes. Is amazing as Mrs. Fleck in yes. that movie, uh, Arthur's mother. And I don't think she's being talked about enough. So no. maybe her. Uh, a lot of people love Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers. So maybe her. And also hearing about Anna de Armas in Knives Out. And also the woman who played the grandmother in The Farewell. I don't know if you remember her name. I'm going to butcher the name, but her name is Shu uh, Zhen Xiao. That wasn't too bad. So those four are kind of like the other ones I would think of, whether it's a movie I saw or one I'm hearing about. So I, I'd maybe take out Margot Robbie. Like Scarlett Johansson I heard was great in this movie, so I'm fine with it. Laura Dern I'd maybe take out. <laughs> but I heard Kathy Bates was also great, and it's like the only thing Richard Jewell's getting for anything. Uh, Florence Pugh, of course, keep. That'd be my pick to win. Uh, maybe I'm biased because we all love Florence Pugh. <laughs> uh, take out Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie, yeah. or whatever, and replace her with um, one of the actresses in um, Parasite. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they, because all three women, uh, all three of the female characters in Parasite, they were incredible. I would pick one of the three to be nominated yeah. for Best Supporting uh, Actress. Park Sodom is the one that's usually talked about. Yes, she was amazing in that movie. Uh, can't spoil it for you. You have to watch it. And I definitely think you're going to love this movie. I think you're going to give it a high full price or a better than sex, but that's for another time. See, I don't want to like put those high expectations on myself, but <laughs> I, I really do hope I like it. So who would... Who do we think will win out of these? Would it be Scarlett Johansson or maybe Florence Pugh? Because that, that's who it is in between for me. That's a tough one. But um, I would say I don't think Scarlett Johansson is going to win for Best Actress. So maybe she will get the Best Supporting Actress. Okay. But then again, though, people are praising Laura Dern for Marriage Story. Right. But if for me, I would pick Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I would maybe pick Florence Pugh. I mean, that's just wishful thinking. And I, I guess the dark horse would be Kathy Bates. Uh, yeah. Let's see, do you want to put, talk about Doc Feature? Because I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I saw a couple documentaries this year. I have yet to see uh, any documentaries this this year except uh, Apollo eighteen. That one was kind of good. Okay, so maybe maybe like Apollo eighteen. That one was snubbed because Apollo 18, that was pretty good. So, yeah, we don't really have much to say about that. And so I, I would have no idea who would win that. Um, International feature film, formerly called yes. Foreign Language. So, the, like, the only uh, snub I'm really hearing about is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's, a, like, a French film that people are really loving. Uh, so if Parasite doesn't win Best Picture, then it's going to win this. And if it does win Best Picture, I would guess maybe Pain and Glory. Yeah, I mean, no no uh, disrespect to these nominees, but Parasite has this in the bag. Yeah, if it doesn't win Best Picture. Because I don't think it would, I don't, I don't think it would win both. No, nah, no. Nah. So if it doesn't win Best Picture, it's going to win this. I think this yeah. is going to be telling whether or not it wins at the end. 
Uh, Les Miserables. Uh, I found out that it wasn't another remake of the original story. <laughs> yeah, so this I wasn't know. this wasn't like a musical production design. Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Out of those, out of those, I would pick Parasite because they built everything in that movie. It it's it's insane to go look at for that. But um, uh, I know uh, Joker's been nominated a lot, but I think that one got snubbed for production design. Eh. I mean, I mean, uh, if, they made... if there's anyone else I would mention is maybe Knives Out. I I don't know who yeah. I would replace with it. I would. I mean, all these picks are good. Yeah, Joker got Joker got snubbed for best production design, in my opinion. It really, out, of, out of these, I would pick Parasite. But out of these, I'd pick Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, yeah, the, I can understand the that. Of, yeah, yeah, the amount of detail Tarantino put in this film, uh, yeah, it's very, and no doubt the Academy will probably either pick Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or 1917. The Academy, they're a sucker for period pieces, but they're also a sucker for war movies or movies that uh, are set in the 70s, 60s or, or 70s. Or are about Hollywood or making movies. Right. Uh, let's see. Film editing. Let's see. Film There's editing. Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. Uh, so I, mean, I can't like fairly judge this category either, but... um. The ones that came to mind that I thought they could have maybe nominated were 1917. Because just being able to make it look like it's all one shot, even though it's not, is impressive. Correct. And uh, honestly, John Wick Chapter 3. Oh. <laughs> like, what if John Wick 3 were to be nominated for Best Editing? That'd be great. Oh, that'd be so good. Oscar nominated John Wick. <laughs> because, yeah, I agree. I agree. The editing in that movie amazing. Very sporadic, very, very uh, intense. I but, disagree uh, with the Irishman being nominated for film editing. Yeah, I was going to say that. You, I was like, now, I, I know, know you're, you're going to say, oh, like, of course you did. But like, there are yeah. certain shots where they just hold on it forever. And I'm like, nothing's even happening. You just, Isn't that you just what... like forgot. Like the one where like they're all like Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci and their wives are leaving this hotel room. And then it just stays on the door. After they've left the room and closed the door for like a solid three seconds, and you're three just like, <laughs> like at least like two to three seconds, and you're just like, what are we doing here? What is happening? Oh, okay, they finally <laughs> cut. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say the Irish. Yeah, you're gonna shit on the really, Irish for best editing. It padded some of on. those. It padded <laughs> some of those shots where they really needed to cut and just didn't. And you're just like. I- did you guys forget to cut? Or I don't. I don't know. No, it's cinema. We have to linger on longer. There's a meaning yeah, behind it's, it's, it. That one had no meaning. <laughs> that would be the one I would take out. I guess what I would ah, replace it with. Yeah. I don't know. You could say Avengers Endgame. Yeah, because... I mean that one had pretty decent editing. I guess. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, for Endgame, they they've made a three-hour movie felt short. It yeah, it didn't. It didn't feel long. I'll give it that. And for me to say that about a three-hour movie or even a two-and-a-half-hour movie is an achievement. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, uh, uh, obviously, of course, Irishman is three and a half hours. Yeah, long. and it feels kind of slow sometimes. Yeah. Who would you pick for best film editing? Uh, amongst these, I've only seen two of the... these. I don't know. 
you're kind of stuck there. Yeah. Uh, I know you're gonna hate me, but I'm just gonna pick The Irishman. I mean, okay. I love I love this movie. Yeah. Um, because I'm a Scorsese fan, and I like how it lingered. It's one of those movies where okay, you're just you're just supposed to sit down and contemplate while watching the movie. That's it. To each their own. Everyone has their own taste, but I I think The Irishman's gonna win this one hands down. Okay. So cinematography, Irishman, Joker. The Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, we we thought you would think The Lighthouse would have been nominated for more stuff because you, you, you would think it's a movie the Academy would eat up, but they didn't. Right. right. <laughs> and film snobs definitely have eaten this up, but the Academy, not so much. Uh, it did, it did th- get snubbed. Yeah, I thought that one be, would be one of the ones that would get nominated for everything and then get the backlash. Of everyone being like, oh, they just nominated because it's in black and white. And the aspect ratio is square, which Um, I can understand that argument. (laughs) uh, Lighthouse got snubbed for um, best production design. Yeah, best supporting actor. Best supporting actor, best production design. At least. Uh, Cinematography. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, sure. it, it deserves it deserves the award. Yeah, it, it takes out talent to make black and white look good. I I can understand that. Um, out of these, I don't know. I thought Joker was shot really well. Yeah, but um, I think the amount of effort for 1917, Roger Deakins, I think that one's gonna yeah, hit you think, it. You think he's gonna get a second Oscar here? Yeah, because he's been robbed for all these years from. All of his movies, so it took Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's yeah, the one. Blade, where Blade Runner twenty forty nine was the one he won for. Which hey, that movie looked pretty too. Yeah, yeah. Let's see one of those. Oh, actually, my snub. The only one I thought of for snubbing was John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. That movie's beautiful. For best yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like the prettiest out of all three of them. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially yeah. like in the Continental, that like those couple floored. That couple floored, like, big glass room uh-huh. with all the blue lights. Okay, so VFX. There are a few snubs. Uh, so Endgame got nominated, Irishman, Lion King, 1917, and The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, for what? Visual effects. Oh, visual effects. Uh, I have a couple <laughs> snubs here. Alita Battle okay. Angel. Yes. I heard Ad Astra had good VFX, so I'll say that. Godzilla King of the Monsters, actually, because the monsters look really good in that, come to think of it. And Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Yeah. I'm serious. How I'm how the Pokemon look and how they interact with the real world. I mean, it's like, you know, like Roger Rabbit. It's like one of the few examples of CG live action hybrid of that kind actually looking good. Right. So I, I think the effects on making those like 2D... You know, cartoon characters I, and video game I, characters I, come onto the screen, <laughs> give them a bit of texture, yeah. but still have them look cute. Yes. Like so, I I I think it does deserve it. I already so, know you're you're gonna take out I, the Irishman. I take out the Irishman because <laughs> the de aging doesn't look that good half the time. <laughs> like I sometimes it looks that. okay, and then other times the eyes are like really grainy and like look dead. But the <laughs> but the faces look totally clear, or and almost too clear, like rubbery, like like some some clear rubber masks, 
Uncanny. You're just going to take off and reveal who the real Irishman was. <laughs> it was um, Alec Baldwin all along. It was Alec Baldwin. Instead of Pacino. Uh, oh, no, it's Gary Busey. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be a downgrade or an upgrade? Be, you decide. <laughs> you decide. Uh, um, Pesci would just be Pesci. <laughs> Lion King will probably take best visual effects. I don't think it's going to win it. Actually, that's another one I would probably take out. Even though like it looks pretty, but how they weren't able to express or anything. Well, it's either the it's either Lion King or the Irishman. <sighs> okay, well, I mean, from a technical standpoint, yeah, might as well I think just give pick... it to Endgame or 1917. <laughs> I mean, with the Irishman though, like you know how like for some of the like when Marvel does the de aging thing, they put the dots on your head. See, they made it look way better though. <laughs> well, I'm just saying though, like Marvel should actually. You know what? Captain Marvel should have been nominated over. The Irishman. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Captain Marvel. Yeah, so they had they effect, had Sam yeah. Jackson aged down and and um, he looked better than uh, Al Pacino or Joe Pesci. Yeah. Now, to be fair, Irishman had to do it for three people, at least over three and a half hours. Yeah. But still, okay. Makeup and hairstyling. I don't really have any snubs for or anything. But like there's there's Bombshell, Joker, Judy. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and nineteen seventeen. I I don't I don't know what would replace any of those. Mm. Same. Animated feature. Ah, uh, here we so, go. So, How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World. I lost my body. Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story Four. Now, Klaus surprisingly won the Golden Globe. And thankfully, because it was kind of the only good animated movie I saw last year. I didn't get to see How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World, so maybe that one's good, too. Toy Story 4 is a piece of shit. I don't care what <laughs> anybody says. That movie sucks ass. I was surprised <laughs> not to see uh, Frozen 2. Frozen 2. Fuck um, No, wait. Missing Link won the Golden Globe. Yeah, Missing Link Excuse won me. Globe. What are you talking I'm sorry. about? Klaus was the surprise that I got nominated for the Oscar. I'd vote for Klaus. You'd vote for Klaus? Yeah, that movie's pretty decent. I, I don't like the third act at all. Or even like the ending of the second act. Well, okay, pretty much like the second half of the movie I don't really like very much. I mean, it's pro- I, last year wasn't that great for animation, in my opinion. Uh, they're probably uh, going to give it to Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, they're going to give it to Toy Story 4. That sucks, but... Uh, <laughs> s- uh, see, original song, That that's one I might just skip over. You're okay yeah, with because, really like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really care for that best original song. Okay, so screenplays. Yes. Adapted: Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and the Two Popes. Okay, so there are a few snubs here. Uh, uncut gems. Is that adapted, right? No, I think that's original. Oh. Well. well let, me, let me take a look at it again. I think it's based on something like a true story. Was it based on a real guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe yeah. that. Dolomite is my name. Come on. Yeah. Great script. Yes. Yeah, great. Great humor. Great. It's the funniest movie I've seen in a while. Uh, way better than Step Brothers that I saw for the first time the other day. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> what a stinker. But uh, Dolomite is my name. I mean, if I had to replace any of what's nominated, 
uh, two popes. Because that, that just sounds like, that sounds like the old white person movie. I mean, I hate to put it like that, but like, it's the one the Academy could relate to the most. Old white Christians. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, who would you pick for Best Adapted Screenplay? Out of the Out of these. Screen. Well, like, I haven't seen some of these. Joker's a good screenplay, but um, uh, maybe JoJo or Little Women. Maybe The Irishman. Original, Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time, and Parasite. So if there's any snubs here, The Farewell. The Farewell, I was going to say that. Uh, Booksmart. Booksmart, yeah. Uh, I'd consider Honey Boy original. I mean, I'd probably pick like The Farewell, replacing... Yeah, see, I don't, I don't know which one I would have it replace. Uh, I'd probably replace it with uh, maybe 1917. Out of those, maybe they would pick Marriage Story to win. It would probably be either that, maybe Once Upon a Time. I think the obvious choice from the Academy, they're going to pick Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, if they if the Academy really wants to spice it up, Parasite would be a best choice. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what my Korean cinema loving heart would go with Parasite for everything, but... You may never know. The yeah. Academy the Academy has some surprises. Uh, so, so leading actor, there's Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Uh, so... <laughs> I mean, I would think that Joaquin would win this. He's going to win this. Hopefully. It's in the bag. But there are quite a few snubs, <laughs> I felt like, for this oh, yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Christian Bale for Ford versus Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Murphy for Dolomite My Name. Taron Edgerton for Rocket Man. Adam Sandler. So, like, a bunch, bunch, bunch of snubs. If I had to take anyone out, Jonathan Price, bye. Uh, replace him with Sandler or Murphy or Bale, maybe Leo. I've been yeah, hearing, I've been hearing that you'd be fine taking Leo out. Yeah, take Leo out. And also, he's gonna be fine. He's Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, take it's him out. it's nice to see Banderas here, and I hear the I hear Pain and Glory is actually really good. Yeah, I don't think we gave a definite answer for anything, but there there are snub choices. <laughs> we we listed uh, who we thought we would uh, win. Obviously, Joaquin. Yeah. And uh, uh, who we thought you could replace? Take out, take Leo and Jonathan out, yeah, and put and put um, Adam Sandler, ah, uh, and uh, Taron Egerton. Yeah, or or Bale or Murphy. Yeah, imagine cause... if two of the five nominees are SNL alums. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say if uh, when you get the chance to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Leo, he's good. But it's not Oscar good or Oscar even Oscar nominee good. Yeah, like there there's just other ones you would put above him. Yeah. So um, leading actress Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Uh, so a few snubs here too. Uh, yes. Aquafina 
Aquafina. Lupita Nyong'o. I take out Cynthia Erivo because I heard Harriet was fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. I I heard from my friend Tyler Young uh, that this that this movie was awful, even if she was like a decent casting choice. And there is, it is to note that um, it seems like when black people are nominated, it's for slaves, or it's for like certain other roles. I'm not saying that's the reason she got nominated, but it's a trend. You probably could have nominated. I mean, I doubt anyone actually saw Harriet. Nah, not. Uh, and I heard nah. the few that did said it was really bad. So, um, and also in poor taste. So, swap her out with Aquafina or yes. Lupita. I, honestly, you could probably take out Charlize. They're on as well. Yeah. Or, I don't know, I heard Saoirse Ronan's good. So, maybe you could keep her around. Her Renee Zellweger is actually really good. She won one of the Golden Globes, surprisingly. Uh, who would win out of these five? Gosh, I don't know. I don't know now. After <laughs> after Renee winning the Golden Globe, even though I know the Golden Globes don't mean shit anymore either. I don't know. Scarlett Johansson. Do what? Scarlett Johansson. Be maybe my yeah. guess. Yeah, that would be my main choice. I have yet to see Judy. Yeah, a lot of people haven't. Yeah, it doesn't people to me. people really like her in it. Same thing with Tom Hanks and Cynthia Erivo and uh, seemingly a few people that have been nominated this year. Okay, so directing, uh, plenty of snubs here. Yes, but uh, let's go through. Uh, Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips, Joker, Sam Mendes, 1917, Tarantino, uh, Once Upon a Time, and Bong Joon Ho for Parasite. Now, snubs, there are several. Uh, there's Lulu Wang for The Farewell, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, uh, Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit, and there's plenty of other people you can maybe name, like the Safties for Uncut Gems, or Olivia Wilde for Booksmart, uh, Alma Dovar for uh, Pain and Glory, and uh, you could even make an argument for the Russo Brothers for the Avengers Endgame. Yeah. You know, I would maybe take out Tarantino and Scorsese. Take out the icons. Damn. <laughs> just snipe them out and put in Lulu Wang Damn. and uh, Greta Gerwig. You gotta have to keep at least one icon in there. Nope. Nope. Damn. Scorsese doing his old stick. Tarantino doing his stick. It's like they've had enough nominations. They've both won before, I believe. I would take out... Sam Mendes and replace him with Greta Gerwig. I'd be okay with him getting switched too. Uh, Todd Phillips. Yeah, I'll keep him. Honestly, uh, oh, you want to keep him there? Yeah. Okay. I think okay. He's, he oh. probably is. Just just his role in um, I guess getting the performance out of Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, and to be fair though, uh, this is the guy who brought you the Hangover trilogy. Do I like the guy himself? Not particularly. Uh, he said a lot of stupid things lately. Yeah, uh, if you if you had to replace him, I'd be fine with it. But for uh, winning though, what do you think? Who do you think will win? Gosh, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah, you think they would maybe give it to Mendez or Phillips? I would think. I don't want Mendez to win. Um, I don't think they're actually gonna give it to Bong Joon Ho. I would love to because he's amazing. Uh, but the Academy would have major balls if they did that. Yeah, so I don't know. And Best Picture. 
Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. So, uh, there's actually more than they usually nominate. Because they can nominate up to ten, which they've been... And uh, usually they just nominate like seven. And they they could fill up all ten spots. Now, actually, it's also worth noting that makeup and hairstyling went to five when it usually has three. Yes. Which I think is good. They should be doing that to begin with. Uh, Best picture... They could have put, like, one more movie in. Come on. The Farewell. Yeah, The Farewell, Dolma is My Name, Avengers Endgame, even, Knives Out, Lighthouse, Booksmart, Pain and Glory. Uh, There's, like, a bunch of different movies they could have put in. I don't think Lighthouse should be Best Picture. Well, I mean, neither should half these other nominees. Yes, true. <laughs> Usually, though I heard this actually a pretty good year. A lot better than last year's nominees. Last year's nominees were awful. Yeah, yeah. Like, most of those movies weren't very good, in my opinion. But for Best Picture, um, if the Academy wants to piss a lot of people off, they'll probably pick Joker. Yeah. It would, but, be, it would be interesting if Little Women won and Greta Gerwig wasn't yeah. even nominated for if directing. Because that's what happened with Argo. Yes. Ben Affleck wasn't even nominated for director, and then his movie won. So, I mean, it could happen. I doubt they're actually going to pick 1917. Oh, you doubt that? Yeah, I'm not sure they're actually going to pick that. I just don't see it. My 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 South Korean loving heart would say Parasite. Because it, it's, it's good to note that this is the only... This is the first Korean movie to get nominated for Best Picture. And even Best International. It's never been nominated... Like, no film from that country has ever been nominated for either. It was crazy to me because there's so many great movies. From Korean cinema from the past 20, 20 some odd years. At least the last 22 that you can look at. And no, not just Old Boy. Old, Bo- Old Boy's great. I love Old Boy too. I get, I get. But film snobs though. Yeah, they... that's like the only one everyone seems to know is Old Boy. I'm like, but there's so many other great ones. So at least there's a new one added to the conversation. So uh, I would love that. But if not. Yeah, you can maybe say Joker, or um. But that's for uh, Joker. If Academy picks Joker, Best Picture, that's just to like. Uh, I mean, for me, that's just to piss the people off. I guess. But if I had to pick for Best Picture, it would either be uh, Parasite or Irishman. You think they would pick Irishman? I think they will. Uh, I mean. I don't know. I think they'll pick it. It's it's like uh I mean, I don't know what they would pick anymore after they got after they gave it to Green Book last year. It's like what are you doing? I think this is his I think this is Scorsese's last uh gangster film, I think. I think this yeah, is his last gangster film. I, I don't I don't know if it'll be like his last time making something that goes to the Oscars, but I think it's his last big gangster movie, yeah. At, at so, least and American Factory. Yeah. Which they usually have at least one documentary in there nowadays. So is that all the, uh, that's all the, uh, um, yeah, that's categories? Everything. Uh, wow. I, I don't know if I said what I, what to replace with what, but obviously there's one more spot there. So I would say put in the farewell or the little maze my name. But, uh, out of, out of these picks, I think Joker will probably win. 
Uh, if they had some balls, they'd pick Parasite. If they had the balls to pick Parasite, I would praise them. But they're pussies. But but to appease the other crowd, uh, maybe maybe uh, uh, Little Women will win. Yeah, maybe that'd be the upset. So uh, we're gonna rest a second, uh, rest our vocal cords. Yeah, and uh, take a drink of water. It's gonna be a long episode. We did. I I did not. I did not pay attention to when the Oscar nominees would come out. So it dropped Monday morning. I was like, shit. <laughs> but we'll rest for just a couple minutes. Uh, maybe give you a commercial break of something. Whatever I come up with. And uh, we'll be back with phase two of the next Jr. Cinematic Universe. And we're back, softies. Hope you didn't go anywhere. Uh, so, so for anyone who's been listening since the beginning, on our first episode we did a Nick Jr. Cinematic Universe, a Phase 1, which was comprised of Blue's Clues, uh, Go Diego Go, uh, Lazy Town... Uh, Franklin, I think that was it. So, um, we decided to do a phase two, and you can also go back on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any, anything this show's on, and you can find the first episode. I might even just clip it out and put it up. It's, it's, it's like the second half of the first episode, and it goes for like 20 minutes. No, not 20, like, maybe like 40 at most. <laughs> Right. Um, so in picking our phase two, we had to decide out of each of ours first phase who would be like the definitive choice for each one. And then we go off of that to not recast anybody from that. To have like a decisive phase one, which we should also do for Gardening Network. But, uh, okay, so here... Uh, th- this was decided by an an outer, an exterior party. Uh, neither one of us decided which one of our choices would take this. So a uh, listener of the show, Audra, the same person who made the Soft Boys Anonymous t-shirt, uh, decided which one of our choices would be correct for each role. And, we, and we're going to go off of that. Uh, she... She adhered to that rule for most of them, except for one character where she just picked her own. She hated ours so much. Fair. Uh, so Blue's Clues, we'll just go through who won it for each of these. Uh, Blue's Clues, Jose got it with Tara Strong as Blue. Yeah. Uh, Steve, I don't remember who said this, uh, Taryn Edgerton. Uh, Salt and Pepper. Are Will Farrell and Leslie Jones, respectively. Uh, Paprika, Elsie Fisher. Uh, the mailbox, of course, is Gilbert Gottfried. Yep. The slippery slope is Steve Buscemi. <laughs> uh, the side table drawer is Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just wasted Tiffany Haddish immediately. And the shovel and the pail are Key and Peel. 
uh, Go Diego Go. So we kept Jeffrey Wahlberg from Dora and the Lost City of Gold. I'm sure Dora showed up in in this movie or Iron Man 2 of this universe, but, you know, not a shit. So Diego's the same. Alicia, uh, Camilla Cabello is... (laughs) will have played Alicia, the older sister of Diego. And I know none of us want to see her try to act on screen. I guess maybe that's the point. Yeah. Uh, Baby Jaguars, Antonio Banderas. Uh, Click is George Lopez, which we both said. (laughs) And Rescue Pack is Michael Caine. Uh, Franklin, uh, RJ Kyler. (laughs) The dad is Bruce Willis. (laughs) <laughs> you won with that one uh, but yes. mom is Viola Davis the bear is Tom Holland another one for you uh, Judy Dench is the goose uh, Mindy Kaling is the skunk the fox is Finn Wolfhard uh, the beaver Jason Sudeikis rabbit Eddie Redmayne the snail is Rick Moranis yes and the owl is Snoop Doggy Dog <laughs> I would watch that movie. I would actually watch all these movies, of course. Of course I'd watch all these movies. Of course. Uh, now, Lazy Town. Haley Steinfeld. Of course, it's Stephanie. Your girl. Uh, Sport a Kiss. Audra hated both of our choices. She said, and I quote, All your suggestions sucked. Audra override to Adam Driver. So Adam, <laughs> Adam Driver, you can imagine him with the twirly mustache. Like, going around telling people to exercise. (laughs) Like, spiraling down from this big blimp. Michael Fassbender, of course, is Robbie Rotten. Jonah Hill is Ziggy. Uh, Nicholas Holt is Stingy. Aquafina is Trixie. The Golden Globe winning Aquafina. Uh, Little Nas X is Pixel. (laughs) The, uh, yeah. Um, The mayor is Danny DeVito. So Noah Wallace Shawn. And Bessie Bessie Busybody is Taraji P. Henson. <laughs> Just imagine those two as a couple. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what has been decided for this first phase. Did you did you like Audra's choices out of or like her decisions? Yeah, uh, I I enjoyed yeah, I'm I'm glad that she picked some of mine. Oh, you thought she'd just be biased and pick all mine? Yeah, no offense, but yeah. <laughs> well, she should have for Wallace Shawn, but I won't hold that one against you. And uh, what uh, uh, the one that surprised me was the Sporticus one. I was like, ah. She didn't like <laughs> any of our choices, so she just. But I would be very entertained to see Adam Driver try to do Sporticus. He's gonna use the force in a movie. The... Just he could he could totally do it. He's a good enough actor to make anything seem good. So he, yeah, I'd be entertained. So yeah. we have our phase two here. Uh, we have one sequel here, which is Blue's Clues. So we have Blue's Clues two, and we're gonna cast a couple characters for that. Just Magenta, that comes in you know later near the show's end. Uh, Joe, same, and Cinnamon, the uh, second child of Salt and Pepper. I how they how they're able to make other spices as their children. I don't know. I I never knew the logic of that. 
but it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, we have Oswald, the octopus who who lived in this town of other anthropomorphic people, including his friends Daisy, just like a a big flower. It's really just a flower for her head and like a leaves and stems for her body. Not asking questions. Uh Henry the penguin. A penguin. And of course his wiener dog Weenie. Uh, we also have Max and Ruby. Uh, bringing that in. We'll cast both of them, the grandma, the friends, all that good stuff. Little Bear and his cast of characters. And we have the Backyardigans. So, oh, boy. I guess the Backyardigans would be like our Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I, I don't know what would be the equivalent of Ant-Man, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. And, I mean, maybe one of these could be, like, introduced in Age of Ultron. You know how like Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, and Vision were all introduced in that movie. Yeah, so maybe as someone in like our, our Nick Junior Avengers too. I don't. We never came up with a name for the big crossover. So uh, who wants to start first? You go first. We'll go movie by movie. Okay. Again, um, you know, uh, some of my some of my picks were thrown off by Audra's, where I had to change where people. You had casted for things I had saved for second phase, so I had to like quickly cross some of these out and figure out new people. But I think I, maybe for the better. I think it's for the better. It was a good creative challenge. Uh, Blue's Clues 2. So we have Joe, the cousin of Steve, who in the show steps in and replaces him as Steve goes off to college. Uh, in In real life, the actual Steve Burns was just balding. And he'd been on the show a while, so it's like <laughs> he felt like it didn't make sense for him to play the young guy like that anymore. Uh, so Joe, the only thing I remember about Joe, because like Blue's Clues was my show as a toddler, I just remember that his really just that like his sweater. He instead of like that uh that striped collared shirt that Steve would wear uh, Joe had like a sweater that w- had just one stripe uh, in the peck area and like a bunch of squares in it in like a line and I think at first they, it was green like the same colors as color palette as Steve had but then they changed it to orange so I guess make him his own guy but um Anyways, Joe, the cousin that we brought in, we're not going to, you know, it's kind of like Winter Soldier didn't replace Captain America. We never got the Bucky Captain America that was in the comics for a while. And I, maybe he still does Cap every once in a while in the comics. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't keep up with a lot of current Marvel. But um, he, he'll, he'll be like the companion. They, they won't be like feuding with each other. They're they're just having like a good uh I guess it'd be like a buddy comedy. You know, like he moves in for whatever reason and it's kinda like two dudes hanging out. They're solving some new mysteries with blue played by Tara Strong. <laughs> and uh I, I keep beating around the bush. Joe's played by Oscar Isaac. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I I I looked at his face and I'm like, That that's a Joe. 
but way more likable than Joe. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. You were nice. But you were no Steve. Uh, uh, Joe, you, you got to make Joe like an equal to him. And like Oscar Isaac, in my eyes, could be equal to anyone. So uh, Oscar Isaac, yeah, that like ruggy, rugged, charismatic sexiness to him. Uh, so Magenta, she comes in like near the end of Blue's Clues. I don't remember anything about her, really. And then she was just like a second dog they added for, I guess, merchandise or something. When they started doing like those puppet segments on the show. And then like Blue's Clues ended and they had Blue's Room for a bit. It only went one season where everyone was a puppet the whole time. I don't remember, really. But I was thinking we needed someone like like a very sexy voice when if if Tara Tom uh, I'm sorry if Tessa Thompson was picked as blue I would have picked Janelle Monet as magenta really yeah because you know how they were like they might still be dating like, I, think, I think that's how Tessa came out as bi or she she was like yeah I'm bi and I'm dating Janelle Monet I'm like oh shit oh. she can get it but um, but my plans change for that. I still have like, just like an idea where there could be like um, because you know how like, a lot of us ended up, you know, people thought Blue was a boy for a long time. Yes, that's like a common misconception. Then Magenta being a girl, we just you know yeah. I don't know whether they alluded to it in the show or not, but it or like. Oh, Blue and Magenta got something going on. Like, they got a relationship. And I want to play into that. And have, like, a like a seductive Magenta. They're like, oh, is she going to get it on with Blue? At some point in this? So, um... Need someone with a very sexy voice. I, th- I, I kicked a few choices around. Uh, like, Janelle Monet, uh... Scarlett Johansson, uh, maybe even Florence Pugh, now Oscar-nominated Florence Pugh. The choosing Tara Strong as blue was a blessing in disguise, so I could have my blue as magenta, Tessa Thompson as magenta. And we now have Cinnamon, so like not too many additions to the main cast of Blue's Clues. But um, Cinnamon is the little boy of salt and pepper the birthed child so I'm like we gotta get a star we gotta get a a twink for all the girls to be like ooh cinnamon go see that go see that movie so uh, of course I picked Timothy Chalamet oh my god (laughs) now (laughs) why to, to bring in the money to bring in Timothy those fangirls to the theater to see Blue's Clues. Timothy uh, you know, Chalamet. Chalamet is going to end up getting nominated for an Oscar for Cinnamon. So that's my Blue's Clues, too. <laughs> yes, I, I, I also think Timothy Chalamet is overrated. Thank you. Like I, I think he's a good actor, but his fan base is the worst. 
Uh, they're, they're so awful. If you've ever been on film lot. Twitter, they're the fucking worst. They they really kind of ruin him. <laughs> While we're getting off track, uh, Magenta. Uh, I put for Magenta, Mila Kunis. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For Joe, you went with uh, uh, Oscar Isaac. You wanted someone strong, masculine. Mm-hmm. I, I see. I see Joe as uh, sweet and innocent. So I picked Asher Angel from Shazam. Okay, going a little younger yeah. on him. Yeah. I thought yeah. it would be like a little softer, you know, like a little bitch. I see Joe as a little <laughs> bitch, so I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for cinnamon, I picked uh, Jacob Tremblay. Okay. He was great in uh, Good Boys, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Good you Boys. He was in Room. Yeah, he was in uh, Wonder. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, and uh, now we have Oswald. The octopus. I don't remember that much about this show. It's been a long time. I haven't watched uh, the show since I was a toddler. People, <laughs> most of, like a lot of these we mentioned are probably from when we were little kids, and like maybe like late when we were kind of getting out of it. And that's still kind of what we have here. Maybe like maybe phase three you would start getting into the stuff, but we don't know at all. We really have to. So like like a lot of these, um, you know, I'll read like the basic character description and the image and kind of just go off of that because I know you can. I feel like with these properties, you could take some more creative liberties or get away with it a little more. And and sometimes I'm just entertained by the creative liberty for a casting choice. But uh, Oswald, you know, like the big, the main the main guy here. Hey, a big old octopus. I was gonna cast Danny DeVito, but but now he's but the mayor, now. so I had to rethink. So um, I'm in between two choices. Actually, you know what? I know exactly who I'm gonna pick. Uh, we're gonna get some gravitas to Oswald to Oswald the octopus. I I wanted to make him a little gangster, so I picked. Robert De Niro. As Oswald? As Oswald. He's going to be sweet and caring, but gangster. Okay. Okay. Now, Weenie, his wiener dog that goes around with him on his journeys places. I don't remember anywhere he actually went in the show besides this, like, one diner he would go to. That's all I remember. Anyways, uh, Weenie. Uh, I thought about Andy Serkis. Just like wasting his talents on just being a little wiener dog. He just walks around and acts cute. But um, I sighed against it and also because I cast him as Plank. I didn't want to be too repetitive here. Uh, so I just fished around a couple ideas and this one came to me. Michael Sarah. <laughs> I'm just going to use Michael Sarah's talents as the wiener dog. We're going to make the wiener dog talk. I'll just go. I'll just make him talk, and so we can have some banter with De Niro and Michael Sarah. Cause yes, uh, Daisy. The only person I thought of was Margot Robbie. So uh, have her as a flower girl. Fine. I I don't understand that character. Like, just who <laughs> thought of that? Right. Um, and then Henry the Penguin. 
the only person I thought that would fit this character is Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen? Yeah. You want to see him as a penguin waddling around, saying weird <laughs> stuff. Yeah, hit me with those picks. Uh, okay. Uh, for Oswald, for uh, Oswald, um, yeah. Uh, who's your Oswald again? Da- uh, Robert Robert De, Robert De Niro. Robert Robert De Niro. Uh, for my Oswald, uh, I picked uh Patton Oswald. Oh. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. I, I can't unsee it now. And plus, Oswald and Patton Oswald, you, come on. That's that's the joke itself. Yeah. It sells. <laughs> you, uh, you got anyone playing as Wiener Dog? <laughs> uh, for Weenie, I picked... I picked uh, for, for Weenie, I picked Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> he needs work. I Come guess. On, <laughs> uh, uh, for Daisy, I picked uh, Drew Barrymore. All right, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, Daisy, she's sweet, and Drew Barrymore, come on. Most known as the voice of all of the other reindeer and nothing else. <laughs> uh, Henry the Penguin. Uh, you remember how I mentioned... Uh... <laughs> How I mentioned that one actor was going to do one bad movie on purpose. This is it. This what is do it. you mean this is it? This is a highly <laughs> successful franchise. Yep. It's changing Sandler the is... game of cinema. Yep. Henry the Penguin will be played by Adam Sandler. That's my pick. And he just plays the same exact character from Uncut Gems. Oh my God, yes. Yes, I support this. Even if that's not who Henry the Penguin was at all in Oswald. No, not at all. But I don't think they'll care that much. That's who I pick. Okay, so we got Max and Ruby. Now, this was another one I had to change last minute because um, I originally had Finn Wolfhard because I imagined Max being a little shit. <laughs> so I was, so I, I guess there's probably someone else in Hollywood we can cast as a little shit besides Finn Wolfhard, but. Well, we can't think of one. <laughs> so, um, I the first thing that came to my mind was Asher Angel, that, that oh, you also okay. picked for Joe. Uh, so, uh, and you know, I I was BSing around because I had no idea who to pick for Max. So, uh, you can pick either Asher Angel or Ice JJ Fish. Why? Damn it! I don't you know. You took mine. You took mine. I, I put Ice JJ ma- Fish. You put Max's Ice JJ Fish after I yes. told you. That was one of my thoughts. <laughs> that's what I picked. All right. So Ice JJ Fish. That's that's the only choice for Max. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be his big breakout. Okay. Yes. Okay. Glad we agreed on that. Um, now, Ruby. I had as L Fanning. Oh. So like Max and Ruby, I just remember a lot of the characters having like these really kind of wooden, like pitch posh voices. Kinda. Uh huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of went like, okay, maybe, maybe at least one of them could be kind of British sounding, but 
But also, like, Elle Fanning can also do a good American accent. So, like, in, in case it's more that, even though, like, none of my other casting choices are remotely English. So, uh, uh, Elle Fanning, I just think she's a great actress. And, and uh, you just add her to this star-studded female cast. Uh, the grandma, uh, I casted Jodie Foster. Because I, I want to see her in more stuff. And she's Jodie Foster. She's a legend, you know. Kind of put her in here. Uh, the only other main principal roles I could find for the show, I didn't remember any principal roles besides the two kids and maybe the grandma. So I was like, so I found that Ruby heads these three fen- friends that she hangs around with, uh, Louise, Valerie, and Martha. So these are like her gal pals that she can gab with. Uh, so Louise is played by Tina Fey, and Valerie oh. is played by Amy Poehler. Yes! <laughs> so totally. They can just hang out and do their thing. And then Martha is played by Diane Keaton. D- Diane have, Keaton? We have Martha playing Martha. Oh, yeah! Boom! I get it. Boom! Then Max is busting. Why do you say that name every time Martha's name is said in the movie? Even <laughs> if Max is supposed to be in a completely different location, busting. Why did you say that name? So, uh, yeah, that's Max and Ruby. <laughs> okay. Uh, ready for mine? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Max is Ice JJ Fish. We all agree on that. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> 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 uh Ruby um uh what's her face? Uh Beanie Felstein from uh, Booksmart. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh Grandma uh could be played by Meryl Streep. <laughs> of course. And then she'll <laughs> get nominated. <laughs> uh Louise will be played by Florence Pugh. All right. Yeah. Pugh. You, uh, Valerie, uh, Anna de Armas from okay. Knives Out, and for Martha, I just picked J Lo. <laughs> just like every uh, known actor from this past award season, you can yes. think of. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so we got Little Bear. This one, I'm a little more confident in my choices for Oswald. <laughs> I was too. like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't, no, I'm I don't know. I was like, I don't know that much anymore. Uh, Max, definitely. I was like, I have no idea anymore. <laughs> so it's set on Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this phase is going so great. <laughs> uh, Little Bear. So this is a bear named Little Bear. Just lives with all of his friends and his parents in his uh, anthropomorphic town. So Little Bear... Her star bear, I had Josh Gad playing Little Damn Bear. <laughs> uh, Father Bear, I thought he would make a good uh, daddy. Uh, no, dad, not daddy. Uh, for <laughs> for Little Bear, this, this isn't going to get weird. Um, but I, I decided who would make a good choice for a dad for Josh Gad uh, was Kevin Smith. <laughs> making him like a stoner character. 
or we just have to like cut away from Kevin Smith's scenes because he's going on too long. Right. <laughs> we have the movie has to cut him off from talking. <laughs> but um, his uh, his mom. Uh, I didn't know exactly who to pick. I originally had Rosario Dawson, just because like that was an actress Kevin Smith worked with a time or two. Speaking of stepbrothers, um, I casted Mary Steenbergen, who played the mom in Step Brothers. I mainly oh. know her as the mom from Elf. So, uh, so uh, I just feel like she's. I I want to see her in more stuff. So I so I put her in this. Uh, see Emily, the one human character that's also like the best friend of Little Bear. So I was like, okay, what big name uh, kid actress do we have right now? Just getting all the good stuff who could could uh you know help lead the movie, and uh, of course I picked Millie Bobby Brown. Yep, that's my pick. Eleven. Um. <laughs> uh, let's see, the hen, one of her friends, uh, one of his friends, excuse me, Little Bear's friends. I guess she also be friends with Mary Emily, but um. The hen, I just casted Octavia Spencer. Just thought that'd be okay. Uh, the duck, uh, Kristen Schaal. Oh! <laughs> I just want to see her as a duck. <laughs> Same voice. Doesn't change a thing. Uh, the cat. I remember reading that the cat was supposed to be like kind of a, a wise character. Kind of like dropping some knowledge. Uh, an intelligent character. So, um... I think my casting choice didn't really go as much with that, though. I mean, he could he could totally do that, but um, I I just casted Idris Elba. Idris, <laughs> have him play a cat again. Oh no! Cat. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. He, this cat is also a jellicle. <laughs> <laughs> Blends right in, uh, and the owl. There was only one choice I thought of this because I read that. Uh, the owl's pretty much like a smart ass, you know, kind of like a, he'll, he'll drop some knowledge, but you know, he, he thinks he's kind of better than you. So I was like, what kind of old asshole can I get? Oswald. And of course, no, 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 no. He was actually my second choice for Oswald. <laughs> I was like, what kind of direction I want to go in? Uh, but the owl, I picked Chevy Chase. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I approve. I approve. there's my movie. <laughs> okay, um, for Little Bear, I was thinking to myself, um, what child, what Disney star, Disney child star, who grew up to be uh, the poster child, uh, whining douchebag, and then he. Are you going to say Shia LaBeouf? Yes. (laughs) How'd you know? How'd you know? (laughs) But yes, Shia LaBeouf is Little Bear. Uh, But for Mother and Father Bear, I picked, uh, for Father Bear, I picked Ray Romano. (laughs) All right, yeah. (laughs) Hey, he was great in The Irishman. Yeah, for the mother, I picked Fran Drescher. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> the irrelevant yep. 90s sitcom stars. 
for uh, Emily, I agree with you. I picked Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, for Hen, I wanted to go out there, so I picked Kate Winslet. Okay. For Owl, I picked Taika Watiti. <laughs> All right, of course. Yep. For Cat, I agreed with you, uh, but not Idris Elba. I picked James Corden. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you picked yours from cats, so I oh, mean, why no. not? <laughs> <laughs> we just and didn't for... even care about doing anything remotely what this character was. We were just like, who can we find from cats? Uh, for Duck, uh, you went with Christian Shaw. I went with Kristen Bell. Okay. But that's my, that's my movie right there. Bell. Uh, both, both very interesting movies. Yeah. That are sure to bring in the box office. Most definitely. Um, so the Backyardigans are Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so the characters we have here are Uniqua, Pablo, Tyrone, Tasha, and Austin. Um, I remember that Austin is the kangaroo. Pablo is a penguin. Uniqua is a pink hippo. <sighs> Was Tyrone like a moose? Tyrone? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was, was the moose. Now, what was Tasha? Tasha was the hippo, I think. I thought that was yeah. Uniqua. No, 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 no. Tasha's the hippo. Oh, who's... Uniqua is the pig. She's a pig? Yeah, she's a pig, I think. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. Uniqua was the... Uh... Yeah, Uniqua was the uh, pink pig. Uh, Pablo was the penguin. Tyrone is the kangaroo. No, no, no. Tasha, okay, Tasha is a yellow, okay, that is a hippo. Yeah. I couldn't tell what Unique was supposed to be. She's a pig. She's supposed to be a pig? Yeah, that's like, a pig. Like, what is that thing? <laughs> Just like a, I don't know, like a weird pink snapping turtle out of its shell? With a couple <laughs> alien antennae? Damn. I mean, yellow hippos also don't exist, or blue penguin. Uh, none of these exist in any form of reality, so. Okay, so, uh, Uniqua, gonna start it off hot. Okay. She's she's the sassy one. Like, if you don't have a name like Uniqua, if you're not gonna be, like, the sassy character. Um, so, of course, I went with Tyler Perry. What? <laughs> She's he's gonna go like young Medea on this character. Oh. <laughs> Damn it! Don't you want to see Tyler Perry? No, but <laughs> uh, Pablo is Kevin Hart. The, yeah! the little blue penguin is Kevin Hart. Yes. And I have him doing bits with uh, totally not Medea. <laughs> uh, Tyrone. Now, I originally had Marlon Wayans and Tyrone (laughs) to to do all his stupidness on the screen. Then I thought, I should get Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle? Dave Chappelle, and I'll tell you why. But he's playing, but his his name is Tyrone, but he's really just playing his character, Tyrone Biggums, from Chappelle's (laughs) show. (laughs) He's just playing that character, but a G-rated version. Oh, my God. It's a win. 
That's yeah. a win right there. That's yeah. a lot. Uh, Tasha, the uh, yellow hippo, uh, will be played by Ali Wong. Oh, yeah, okay. a, a pretty solid female comedian. I think she's, I think she's a better like comedic actress. Honestly, I love her and always be my maybe. I think she's great in uh-huh. that movie, and she co-wrote that movie as well. Um, she'd be she'd be great to hang around with all these people. So, I mean, of course, I I casted comic actors to like do a lot of bits and everything. Uh, Austin, let's kind of scratch my head for a little bit on this. Um, he he's a kangaroo. He's he's a purple roo. Kicked around some names like your Hugh Jackman's, your Hemsworth. Tossed in Jim Jeffries, <laughs> but who I ended up getting out of this—it's not even Australian. <laughs> Same with mine. Uh, I picked Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> oh, why? <laughs> Just to get whatever Sasha Baron Cohen offers. Uh, so that's my backyardians. <laughs> Uh, it, it started as a dumpster fire, but it kind of gets better as you go on with the cast. Uh, I don't it's know like, about my Like cast. an intentional dumpster fire. Uh, okay. Uh, for my Backyardian, Backyardigans uh, cast, uh, Uniqua, uh, you went with Tyler Perry, and I was like, you know what? You know what? I'm going, I'm going to go that route now. I put Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Well, he's going to go Norbit on this. Yep. Is that a smart, yep. is that a good idea for him after finally getting some cred back? He's going to go Norbit immediately. <laughs> uh, so who's your Pablo? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, yes. <laughs> All right, now Tyrone. Tyrone, uh, I don't know why, but I feel like Tyrone. Sean Wayans. No, I put Jane Smith. <laughs> Jaden Smith. Oh no, my! <laughs> uh, explain Jaden Smith to me. I don't know why, but when I see Tyrone, I'm like, man, this guy looks like a dick. I bet he's a dick. Like he's one of those like oh. philosophy types. I'm like Jaden Smith all the way. All right. Uh, for Austin, I picked Jack Dylan Grazer from Shazam. He played okay. uh, Billy's uh, uh adopted brother. I don't know if I get that choice, but uh, sure. I don't know why, but he, it was like uh, uh, he looks like a nerd. He looks like a nerd that won't shut up. So I Aww. picked him. Uh, and for Tasha, <laughs> is, it, is it gonna be bad? <laughs> I picked Amy Schumer. Oh, what? Amy Schumer. <laughs> uh. uh. I feel like it's. I feel like well, that's an insult, though. Yeah, she, she just steals Uniqua's jokes the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> now it's back to uh, table trash, trash fire, if you will. Yeah, yeah. This this whole phase is very interesting. <laughs> aren't, yeah. you, aren't you glad we did this? Yeah, I'm glad. Will there be yeah. a phase three? Uh, who knows? Oh, definitely, definitely a phase three. We got it. We got to cast Peppa Pig, and oh. and the Wonder Pets. The oh no, and, the Wonder Pets. And have Backyardigans versus Wonder Pets. Yeah, our our Civil War is Backyardigans versus Wonder Pets, and everyone else from all the other movies that take their side. Are you with the Backyardigans or are you with the Wonder Pets? 
Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking money. Thinking cash money here. Uh, maybe we maybe we can cast a uh, Goa Goa Island. Yo Gabba Gabba. Yo Yo Gabba Gabba. I, I don't I don't really know Yo Gabba Gabba. That's after our time. Uh, see, I barely know the Backyardigans or like Max and Ruby. That was like at the end. But anyway. How long have we been talking? This is the uh, longest episode so far. Yeah, this one's going to be... I'm going to try to narrow it down a little bit. But it's probably going to be two and a half hours. Nice. So, I mean, I'm sure... Uh, we we went that long with Rob. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Rob, Rob Earth One has a new single out right now. Oh, he does? On uh, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, it's a song called Backhand. Um, and Malcolm Chester is featured on that. So y'all know those guys together. Two for one special. That's pretty good. I've listened to it already. You can go and stream that now. So, uh, yeah, great plug. Great Great plug. plug. Great plug, Cody. You know what? You know what's also a great plug? That DT merch. (sighs) DTmerch.com. You know what else is a great plug? The butt plugs you can get right now from DTmerch.com. It comes in all colors. All colors. All colors and sizes. No, they do not have butt plugs yet. No, they don't. On, <laughs> on DTmerch.com. <laughs> but what you can get is the classic black tee with the white logo. Uh, their like neon shirt they got going on. The Heather sort the of thing slides. they got going on. The slides. The phone covers. The backpacks. Your backpacks. $10 certificates. <laughs> So you can go to DTMerge.com right now and get that toasty goodness all over your body. They are not a sponsor of the show, but we would like them to be. And you can also, uh, they also stream on Twitch pretty regularly. They do, they stream their live shows on Twitch now. Uh, also their YouTube channel is fantastic. I love their movie reviews. Their, their assorted foolishness videos. And they just talk about all the stupid things people are doing out there. Uh, shout out to uh, Audra, pick the uh, Nick Jr. characters. Yeah, uh, near, the finalized uh, version. Yeah, finalized version of that. And yep. uh, we can also give her the second phase, or give all all of you softies out there the second phase. Yeah, and you can we can put up our choices for each character, and you can vote between for each one. And next week we can come back and say who won each part. <laughs> and of course they can't vote on Max because he's obviously Ice JJ Fish. Yeah, yeah, we can't. We we got to keep Ice JJ Fish. We need we need him. He's the big star that's gonna drive all the ticket sales. Oh, oh dude, dude. When the backyardigans meets with uh, uh, who was it? Wonder Which Pets. One was it? No, 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 no. The backyardigans meets with the. Uh, um, Lil Nas X's uh, shit. <laughs> With Lazy Town? Yeah, yeah. Oh my. That would be great. Yeah. That's a, that's a single right there. Yeah. And oh, 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 and uh, Billie Eilish will compose the songs. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, Ice J.J. Fish is doing the music for Max and Ruby. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lil Nas but, uh... X can handle some of Lazy Town's music. But uh, so, that's uh, all I got. I mean, we got we got surefire hits. 
<laughs> we hope you're happy for having for having this, this is again. Gonna be, this is gonna be more successful than the Sony's cinematic universe. Oh yeah, it's gonna be more successful than the Dark Universe. <laughs> or the DC universe even. Actually, did you hear that Ezra Miller cameoed on the CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths? No, he didn't. Yes, he did. You can find the clip. He, I don't know if it was their Arrow episode or their Legends of Tomorrow episode. I have to watch it. I haven't watched those because I, f- I forgot it was happening last night. Uh, uh-huh. But um, I just randomly saw it on Twitter. I'm like, no, no, he didn't. And no, then, like, today on Instagram, I, like, saw the clip. I was like, oh. Yeah, like, he, he showed up in his Flash costume. So, like, he's the Flash in in it. He just shows up and has a cameo with uh, Grant Gustin. It's like, I can... Well, first off, why is that the guy you had to bring back? The one I didn't like. What? You didn't like Ezra Miller's Flash? Yeah, I don't like his version of Flash. Or that DCEU version. I don't like Ezra Miller playing him. I, I don't like any of it. But I gotta say, I kind of like that scene. I kind of like that cameo. It's one of the better cameos in Crisis, to be honest. Because <laughs> I, I did not like that Tom Welling cameo. You know, like, it, it, it's a very hit-miss thing, Crisis, for me. Maybe <laughs> maybe because I don't fully watch these shows and, like, eat up everything there. Uh, I didn't realize this. Or maybe I forgot so, Supergirl, they have a Lex Luthor, and he's played by John Cryer. Uh-huh. You know John Cryer? From Two and a Half Men? Yeah, and he was also uh, Lex Luthor's nephew in Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. So oh, I guess that's okay. that's where that connection comes from. He's such a bad Lex Luthor. Uh, it's yeah. like my first time seeing him as Lex Luthor. He sucks. Why <laughs> did they cast him? I get the fan service thing, but, like, no. He's not intimidating. He's, like, the worst Lex Luthor. Like, I don't know how we got to that, but, uh... Oh, the Ezra Miller thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think we brought up Ezra Miller. I just Googled it, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Because I thought about that cameo, and it's like, that's insane. I cannot believe they got that and they kept it quiet that's like the one cameo they got they kept quiet on yeah every other one yeah. they're like yeah tom welling erica durance burt ward yeah you know yeah uh anything else you want to uh uh no i would like to say yeah uh, shout out to all of our listeners shout yeah, out to you the softies yeah shout out to all our softies Oh no, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, I was I was pretty happy with the numbers for December because we were what like was it was December? like well I I'm just saying how we they would gradually grow like each episode would get more than the last one. Uh huh. But no, that was that was really cool. The last Christmas episode we did like recasting Christmas classics is uh it's either the second most listened to now or it's tied for the most listened to. Okay. Yeah, so it's getting up there now. That's that's pretty cool. So thank you all for that. You can listen to the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh, Google Podcasts. Anchor is where we get our RSS feed from. You can listen to us on there as well. I didn't know this until recently. Uh, I don't know. You you probably don't know China, but she listens to the show. To who? Uh, 
So Rob is in the social contract. Uh, someone else yes. in there, um, Christian, uh, also known as Tigo Blue. Uh, uh-huh. China is his girlfriend. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so uh, I-, I found out that she actually listens to the show, which uh, I did not realize that. So thank you, China, for listening to the show. Oh, and anyone else who actually listens to the show, apparently we have like two people in France. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so yeah. like... It it was a few weeks ago. I saw that like there was like maybe like it'll, it'll show you on Anchor just like where it's like ninety percent U.S. and then there's like two percent Germany, two percent Slovenia, like two percent France, and then that number went up. So I'm like, oh, what happened there? So there's like two areas from France. So either this this one French listener either went somewhere else and listened to the show from there, or there's more than one French listener. So, uh, bonjour, merci beaucoup. Oh, there you go. So, so soft boys anonymous. Yeah. Damn it, uh, we've my been talking th- for a while. This ending my makes no hurts. sense. My throat hurts. <laughs> ending makes no sense. We're going on tirades about about who listens to the show. Yeah. Uh, so each of you thinks you make us soft in the heart. So soft. That you, you made it nasty. <laughs> I was just saying something sweet, and then you're like so soft. Well, I can't help it. Uh, I mean, I guess. Well, I mean, if they if they made us so hard, that would that would that'd be dirty. <laughs> that'd be dirty, dirty softies. Well, where were you going with this? <laughs> Nowhere. I have no idea where we're going. Uh. Uh, we'll we'll have some good stuff to shoot the shit about next week. Um, yes. I, I guess in the meantime, come up with your raunchiest Nick Jr. hashtags and uh, send them to the show on Twitter at softboys underscore nine. Yes, please. And uh, if, he, if, <laughs> if I get a few, I'll read them. I'll read them on the show. I don't care. Uh, I already called dibs on hashtag sportacum. And blow Diego blow. Uh, The rest, I don't remember that I came up with, so uh, you come up with some yourselves. And uh, stay soft.